Many people are saying that the Gulf Stream is going to collapse by 2025. What does that mean for us, you ask Terrence? Well, uh, what does it mean for us, actually? I think that... It seems like a bad thing. I read that and I said, that seems less than ideal. Apparently, there are several tipping points that scientists are worried about ecologically, globally, worldwide, worldwide tipping points. So it's not just the two the two degree drop that everybody's on edge about. It's also these other markers that are a little more. I don't know. How do you say visible? Yeah, there's five. I'm sorry. The world is on the brink of five disastrous climate tipping points. Giant ice sheets, ocean currents, and permafrost regions may have already passed point of irreversible damage. So, oh, 16 tipping points? But, but, I'm, but I'm the lunatic nut job that says if we killed oil executives and beheaded them in the town square, I'm the crazy that goes to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Seems like uh, seems like a stacked deck. I'm gonna bring back. I'm gonna start bringing back a lot of um, of uh, occupy terms. Yeah, top one percent deck stacked against us. That's deck, deck stacked against us. Yeah. What is that? The mean? deck stacked against us, man. What does it mean when the deck is stacked against you? Well, I guess in the strictest terms, it means that the dealer's cheating. So he's got cards in his sleeve. Yeah, or you know, whatever he's you know Is he taking, stacking the deck, <laughs> taking visual cues from someone across the room who can see your cards. That would be more of the player's way to cheat, you know, oh. like uh, uh, you know, like in a lot of card house, you'll see them run the old chip placement and stuff like that to signal to somebody else what they have. So that you're ta- you're telling me that both players and dealers can cheat. Uh, yeah. Totally. And so if the deck is stacked against us, we can cheat. Yeah, uh, I used to play with a guy that for many years named Travis Cornett that was a notorious cheat when he dealt. Like his yeah. chops were amazing, but after everybody found out he he wasn't really that great of a card player, he just took us to the cleaners because he learned how to cheat. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, it's all if you just learn some skills like that early in life cheating learn how to pick a lock yeah a lot of that will serve you well in life actually yeah yeah same hey hold on a second i gotta turn on the ac why are you stripping i'm i'm hot dude (laughs) every time we start recording i start getting hot like like um i don't i don't know if it's because i'm nervous or if it's because i'm uh, turned on or if it's because I'm just you know completely have high I, blood pressure <laughs> I'm excited to be talking to my friends yeah that is nice I do get nervous when I have to address the hoary masses thankfully I don't have to do it live and in concert yeah dude imagine um okay do you want to know the 16 global tipping points yeah let's get back to that first before you get too too far into the silliness we need to know what we're up against um greenland ice sheet collapse so all these things haven't happened but are imminent correct these things i don't understand this graph hold on let me i gotta decipher the graph first 
Very okay. important to know. The, the Earth may have left a safe climate state beyond one Celsius degree global warming. Um, so estimated range of global heating needed to pass tipping point temperature. I mean, th th can you make sense of this graph? What does this mean? <laughs> but you've come to the wrong place. You want me to decipher a graph. Dude, I hate, I hate graphs. I don't believe in graphs or charts for that matter. Yeah. Is that where the charts, chartists were? You know what I mean? Like in um, England in the early 18th, 19th century? Weren't there chartists? I, I think cartographers. Oh. I think the people that make the maps also make the charts and graphs in those days. So I've never me? respected that profession, honestly. The same people that make maps also make charts and graphs. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. It just seems right. You you never you don't respect surveyors. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of do. I, yeah, I take that back. Charts and map makers are uh, that's an important gig. Did you know that the job of appraiser? I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, where's the term realtor come from? Why is it called realtor? I mean, real estate, obviously, but why is it real? Why is it? Yeah, real estate. Yeah. Uh, so did you figure? Did you get to the bottom of that? Yeah, I well, I found out that the uh, the profession of appraisal began in England during the 1500s. You know, it also began in, in England during that time. I think slavery. <laughs> okay, Shakespeare though too. It's a wide spectrum of human experience, bro, and enclosure. So we get okay. Shakespeare, enclosure, slavery, and the realtor, really all in one century. Uh, were lawyers called barristers back then, too? I, I think so. I think that they were barristers. According to Wikipedia, one of the largest real estate deals in history is known as the Louisiana Purchase. I've <laughs> heard of that. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, I have heard of that. <laughs> a little more extensive than we think. Wasn't uh, there was more than just Louisiana involved in Louisiana Purchase, right? Yes, uh, it was. Um, the land was bought from France for fifteen million dollars, making each acre roughly four cents. That's a deal. Would you take that deal? Each acre was worth four cents. Four cents. Hmm. How many acres? Uh, let's see. Let's see if we can find out the Louisiana purchase. Um, 18 or wait, 80, 828,000 square miles or 530 million acres. I take it there. Yeah. It was wow. Illinois involved in that. Wow. Tom Sexton on the record. Mayo ass colonizer. You're on the record. Oh, damn. I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, I I walked you right into that trap. I always heard that, uh, you know, Bill Clinton could have ran for president of France because he was born in Arkansas. Weren't some of those states involved? Maybe not in the Louisiana Purchase, but in some sort of land acquisition for France because all of those states, Arkansas, Illinois, they're all French pronunciations of English words or of native words. You're telling me if you were born in an area that was originally included in the Louisiana purchase, you can run for, you could be duking it out with Macron. 
You could, yes, you could. You could theoretically, Bill Clinton could run for president of France. No way. Bobby oh. Jindal could have been uh, the, you know, <laughs> uh, an alderman in Paris. Um. Okay, dude. Tipping points. So this, the the chart says the risk of climate tipping points is rising rapidly as the world heats up. Estimated range of global heating needed to pass tipping tipping point temperature. Um. So Greenland ice sheet collapse is the first one. We're apparently not there yet. Um. West Antarctic ice sheet collapse. Also not there quite yet. Tropical coral reef die off. Northern permafrost abrupt thaw. Um, Barents Sea ice loss. I've, I've never even heard of the Barents Sea. I didn't even know that this was... It's like Terrence, but Barents. Barents. <laughs> Barents Sea. Terrence Sea kind of sounds like truancy. Uh, yeah. Um, Labrador Sea current collapse. Well, that, that that's easy. All we got to do so, is get the dog the dog whisperer. Cesar <laughs> Milan on the case. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of seas are in danger of collapse. Yeah. But if you are you are a Arctic trawler, you oh. are. Shipping your wares from Russia to Canada, and you pass through the Labrador Sea, and like instead of seeing whales off the side of the boat, you just see various golden retrievers. Labrador. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's the most low hanging fruit joke <laughs> in history. Uh, Labrador Sea. We are apparently in. Very much in, if I understand this graph correctly, anyways, we're very much in the uh, period for when that that could happen. Mountain glaciers loss. Um, we're passing the period of that. Th those are going, by the way. Then the rest of these we've already blown through. Apparently, West African monsoon shift. Done. Check. East Antarctic glacier collapse. Amazon Check. rainforest dieback. Uh, worldwide, our first comedy album's just gonna be me and you sitting on lawn chairs in Antarctica, like sunglasses and <laughs> sipping my ties. Uh, northern permafrost collapse, um, worldwide sperm shortage. Hey, had what? All right, how'd that slip in there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, is, is global warming gonna cook our nards? <laughs> there is a I read an article the other day about how uh, these two scientists are have kind of made it their like white well, like their Ahab like mission to convince everyone that global sperm rates are declining. Those two scientists, me and you, <laughs> just running around like bearded madmen with captain's hats on, telling dudes to jack off in this cup. We're saving the world. <laughs> Now, you son of a bitch, you don't understand. There's no time. Imagine how much sperm, how much cum you have to collect to over like a 40-year time period to determine that. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. It's safe to say these guys have seen a lot of ejaculate. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could probably just... You sure it's not sperm whales? Well, I mean, that may... That's all. Awesome. That'd, that'd be embarrassing if we had to step, walk out and back. <laughs> well, if there were more sperm whales on the planet than actual sperms themselves. Be interesting. Yeah. Um, Northern... Perm- yeah, Atlantic current collapse... Northern forests die back south. Northern forests expansion north. Arctic winter sea ice collapse. East Antarctic ice sheet collapse. So, um, we, so I guess all of those. They're falling out, man. Yeah, I guess all of those things, you need like eight degree rise in temperature. Okay, I understand the graph a little bit better now. Let's just. Do you think we're doing some sort of triage thing right now? Like with that Obama video we talked about a few weeks ago that was not comforting in the least. But like we're like, okay, so here's what we'll do is we'll let it melt off to three degrees and we'll accept the consequences of that, you know, relatively minuscule. But we'll do something before we get to these eight degree changes that are going to like melt off Greenland and shit like that. Yeah. Like that's the thought process, isn't it? And then we're just going to keep moving the goalposts as long as people are making money off fossil fuels. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I mean, on this article, I mean, then I saw some people saying that the Gulf Stream was not actually going to collapse and it was bad reporting by the Guardian to say so. It's like, what am I supposed to believe, man? But what if you're wrong about that? Yeah. Well, they said that the Gulf Stream is not the same thing as the Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation. So, what happens with that? Well, they said that's what the actual thing was about. The article was about. Okay. Let me just read you what the first paragraph says The Gulf Stream system could collapse as soon as 2025. The shutting down of the vital ocean currents called the Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation by scientists would bring catastrophic climate impacts. But this guy I saw said that those are not the same things. The Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation is not the Gulf Stream. He said that was bad reporting. Hmm. What do you think? I will be honest with you. Today's the first time I heard that phrase. Atlantal, Atlantal overturn. What? The the Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation. The Atlantic Meridional Overturn Circulation, of course. Yes. Um, you know, I'm going to have to wait and see what the Brookings Institute has to say on the matter. Yeah, I, th- I say this. Before same. I speak publicly, but I got to let the experts disseminate the information and let it flow downstream to me. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, I mean, we could get in the ocean and see for ourselves. Well, I sent you a thing earlier that said, you know, we were on vacation down there with the manatees a few years ago. Yeah. And now the manatees are hot tubbing. Oh, they're in um really hot water. And <laughs> what have they done this time? <laughs> They've said they said some bad words on the oh. on the TL. So you guys are getting time out. And, you know, what if there's like a, a manatee that's floating around? It's like, guys, listen, I know this is not normal, 
But does anybody hate this hot tub temperatures? <laughs> I think, dude, they've got a lot of fat. They have like a lot of blubber. They like they don't need that kind of temp. Yeah, that's true, and I understand as a man that uh, can't sleep in a bed with anybody else because I sweat so much that uh, sometimes you got to be in the out in the cool. Dude, I mean, it's it seems kind of like okay, we have these tipping points, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Why? Okay, what's gonna happen when they all go like the dot like dominoes? Like right. what happens? I don't know. What do you mean, like with like on all the ice that shit melts and it all shelves off? Yeah, yeah. Like I guess to me, the one I'm worried about is the disrupting of those currents, the circulations. Like that seems pretty big. That seems like a pretty big deal. What like what exactly does anybody I need somebody remember the the everybody kind of said it was alarmist at the time, whatever that Wallace Wells guy wrote that thing. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to give me the straight dope about what's gonna happen when the Greenland ice sheet finally comes off. Yeah. Yeah. Like what what does that mean exactly? Is it like when a scab comes off? Like what kind of what kind of growth? <laughs> then uh, maybe we need to let them all melt off so the healing can begin. <laughs> That's what toxic toxic positivity is going to bring us to, you know. <laughs> like everybody's like, you know, listen, maybe we just need a reset, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, wait, you, there's only like eight places in the world where people can live now, but we've been heading in that direction for a while. That is literally what quirky fascism is. It's like. Fascism that's toxic, positive, toxically positive. Yeah, it's it's the ultimate compromise with liberals and the conservative slash fascists. I got a question. Is uh, I read somewhere one time that if you were to bury everybody that has ever died side by side, yeah, y- you could bury them all in a plot about the size of the state of Oklahoma. That's everybody in the history of the world that's ever died. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Uh. You think we could pull off something where like everybody that's alive now could live in a like the state of Oklahoma <laughs> using the bodies of everyone that's died before? I mean, it would be a dumb place to go like to a place that has a lot of tor- move everybody to Tornado Alley. That wouldn't be ideal, but this actually is a great idea. What we need to do is we need to get every human being on Earth to move to one place like Oklahoma. And what we do is we live there for as long as we can and until th- it becomes unlivable. And then we move to Kansas and then we live there for as long as we can until that becomes unlivable. And then we move to Nebraska and we just keep we do that. Exa- we exhaust all the energy of all the great plain states and then we just keep going. We got 50 states to, yeah, to like, go, you know, right. Like maybe by doing so, we'll give every other part of the world a break. And they can restore, and the dolphins come back, come back to the Venetian canals. Yeah, or in this case, the Mississippi River. Yeah, and the manatees come back to the Gulf. Sperms come back to the balls. <laughs> yeah, we can procreate again. Yeah. I wonder if that is happening though. Like, I wonder if, like, if if the planet itself we inhabit is imperiled, is there some sort of mechanism we don't even know about in the body that says, well. 
if there's no place for us, then we shouldn't reproduce. So they just shut your balls just shut down. Well, dude, it is funny that when you get cold, your balls go up. Uh-huh. Like they <laughs> like the body knows. It's yeah. like, nah, we can't have our we can't have the uh you know the uh, the hot house we can't have those things that are so important to vitality just out there in the cold we have to <laughs> we can't have you at freezing your nuts off bro yeah it's like if you're cold they're cold and then they let you in. <laughs> bring bring your nuts inside folks if and you're then, cold and they do it automatically they just I know off. you don't even have to think about it isn't it crazy that's crazy so I'm saying like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those things where it's there are extremes one way or the other and you can't go. It's like we were talking the other day about athletes. You can't go one. You can't go towards one extreme. You know what I'm saying? All right. Yeah. It can't be sedentary, but you can't be, uh, you know, Carl Lewis either. Right. It's best to just be, you know, right in the middle. Totally. Fairly well-trained, but not too well-trained, and also not slovenly. Slavic? Slovenly, not slavically. Slavically. No, the Slavs actually had the right idea about athletics. Which is? Well, they got Nikola Jokic, who just doesn't even want to be there to begin with. That's how you should treat athletics. Be very, very world-class at it, but don't give it too much respect. I agree, dude. Well, okay. So that's the thing. It's like the news this week is that LeBron's son had a heart attack, right? Yeah, cardiac arrest, which I guess is not his name. It's it's, well, it's his heart stopped. Okay. What? So I thought is heart attack not an umbrella? Which one is the umbrella term? Is it like? Well, I guess a heart attack is just when like the blood flow gets obstructed by either like a plaque or something else. Dude, you know, this is bullshit. Um, you got some bad information that totally changes the direction of this. Yeah, by this definition, I've had at least like seven heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, why are you laughing? <laughs> I was living in a state of denial. <laughs> it's like I'm healthy and I've never had a heart attack. Isn't that what like Dave Portnoy from Barstool claims he's a heart attack survivor, but really he just like. Had bad indigestion, went to the hospital one time. And... <laughs> like, yeah, he claims he's a heart attack survivor, and what he described as a heart attack definitely did not sound like a heart attack. Okay, you are shitting me. That's incredible. There's been so many times I've had... Okay, so when I first started having bad indigestion, when I was like 18 or 19, I was like, oh, fuck, dude, it's happening. I'm, I'm fucking getting a heart attack, dude. <laughs> And you make your brother drive you to the hospital and they're like, okay, you're having a panic attack because you think Suddenly you got gas. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, because I was thinking about this the other day, when I finally do have a heart attack, I'm not going to wind up going to the hospital because like I have now trained myself to believe that every heart chest pain I have is in fact just indigestion. <laughs> just just normal course things. You're, like, you're going to be like turning blue and you're like... <laughs> It'll go. It'll pass. <laughs> it does. It does make me feel. Um, it does make me feel strong, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's. I should also note that 
you also usually just eat grains and spell like your your likelihood of having a heart attack to the degree that you'd have one would be almost 100 stress correlated 1000 percent, and also the fact that i drink a ton of coffee every day yeah but that's been debunked yeah but it's like a, a stimulant it makes your heart beat fast yeah but it's not like cocaine <laughs> okay <laughs> I think your 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 heart's healthier than you think it is. Well, my point being is that like I feel now like um when someone when you're hanging out with someone like a family member or something they're like oh I think I'm something serious might be happening and you're like yeah you're fine it's just indigestion I get that all the time and in your head you're like that's right I'm I'm tough I'm austere. I'm a, I'm a warrior. I'm Spartan. And if I'm a war, I'm a Spartan. And in <laughs> fact, they are actually having cardio. <laughs> no, actually, they are having a myocardial infarction. <laughs> yeah, like, that'll pass. Yeah. But okay. LeBron James Jr. It's a scary fucking thing, you know. He's 18 years old. You know. Well, we had a discussion about this. The thing is, the problem with sports now is that we tend to think that like the arc of the athletic universe bends towards best better best uh efficiency we tend to think that there's like this uh teleological principle in sports that will always get better and faster and more efficient and more athletic and so we're always in competition with the past. This is the dialectics of athletics, of sports. Yeah. We're always in competition with the past. The past haunts us. It weighs like a nightmare on the brains of the... Uh, of agile. The, the agile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we push ourselves harder than we ever have before. And, I mean, that's probably why kids are having heart attacks like 16, 17, 18... It's it's we're being too hard on ourselves. We're being too uh, competitive with our predecessors. It's like I was telling you. It's like the argument between like who's better, my MJ or LeBron. Like, I mean, why can't we just say is MJ and just be okay with that and just be fine with it? Say, listen, aesthetically, this is never going to be topped. You know, that's the, always the thing for me. People always throw out these numbers, but. I don't I don't go by that. Yeah. I always go by who played the game the most beautifully. Ah. Uh, you know? Yeah. In tennis, Roger Federer may have been surpassed, but nobody's played the game as as, you know, uh how would you say? Uh just visually stunningly. Yes. Well that's the thing. Like we don't know. It also that's another thing I was mentioning to you the other day we, we've only been keeping records for like a hundred years on sports we don't know what's we don't know what the records were like in the greek olympics now that's funny thing to think about you know when i was thinking about when we did the forums episode the episode on the forums and i said well listen you know information has come along that it's very likely somebody of average intelligence now is way brighter than socrates ever was yes the yeah. same thing like these guys at the first olympiad they were probably running like very modest, you know, 40 times and stuff like that. Yeah. And we don't know, you know, they were writing about these as great feats of strength, but 
the Greeks also were, uh, you know, they were a bit uh, Epicurean too, you know? Well, that's the thing. That's like, why? Just because someone like sat around and ate grapes and fucked all the time. Yeah. Just because you're faster than someone a thousand years ago. What does that really mean? Is it really worth having a heart attack over? Let's also extrapolate that out to warfare. You know, much has been said about the 300 Spartans making a stand at the Battle of Thermopylae against a million-man Persian army, which, I, uh, yes. you know, yeah, uh, it was immortalized in a movie from 2007 called The 300. Uh, I was think I thought you were refer- referring to uh, This is 40 by Judd yeah. Apatow. <laughs> That's, yeah, we're going to march out to uh, 40 uh, uh, fa- new fathers in middle management. <laughs> Take on a million man Persian army. <laughs> Hilarity ensues. <laughs> but think about that. We ascribe all these things to the Spartans. The Spartans could have been huge pussies for all we know. Yeah. 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 You know? I mean, and the million man Persian army might have just been an eye test army. It might have been like 2,000 guys, but to 300 dudes, it looked, it might as well have been a million. Right. You know? Right. Also, 300, like, when you when you're counting people, like I've been in those workshops, I've been in those like social justice circles where they're like, "All right, we're gonna go around. You're gonna count off one, two, three, four, five, one, two, and those are the groups you're in." And everybody always fucks it up. And there's like one group with like way too many people in it, and you're like, "What?" Yeah. They, when you're counting people, it something always gets fucked up because people want to be more than just a number, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's That's like true. there's probably more than three hundred people there. There was probably, yeah. I mean, dude, there's probably like at least, at least, uh, so there was the Spartans and then there was the Athenians. They were there supporting on the side. Like, that's how the movie made it seem anyways. The movie made it seem like the Spartans were in the, the Thermopylae Pass. Like yeah. They wedged themselves down in there, but then they made it seem like the Athenians were up on the ridges, like cheering them on, like, but they were kind of being pussies about it. Kick their ass. <laughs> yeah. Like they, the movie implied that the Athenians wouldn't come down and fight with them. Yeah. Because they were a little. Well, busy. there's even that joke when the, when the uh, Persian messengers show up at the first of it and they says, rumor has it the Athenians turned you down. And if those philosophers and boy lovers. <laughs> <laughs> turned you down I mean were the Spartans doing that too I'm sure the Spartans were having gay sex too let's call it what it was, it was Greece and antiquity why do we always talk about antiquity so much I mean I like it personally and I'm sure the audience hates it but just me and you it always goes back to the classics for some reason <laughs> it's because we missed a good opportunity to be modern conservatives <laughs> <laughs> we really did blow right past that <laughs> i think about that a lot so much like family strife could have been avoided if i had just taken that route <laughs> you know you what think, I mean? yeah you would have been wrong but would you've been happier <laughs> <laughs> wrong on the wrong side of history uh you know just have a terrible legacy. Have <laughs> a shit legacy, but like you'd have a lot less stress. <laughs> That's the thing I can never understand about conservatives. It's like, okay, 
There are some artists out there that are so good, their art surpasses anything they did or believed. But for the yeah. vast majority of like conservatives, it's like, yeah, you'll die being known as like a racist coward who, you know, hated people for no reason. It's like, that's that's really not a legacy. <laughs> like, OK, I'm, I'm just what I'm saying is this. I'm too afraid of death to be a conservative. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm too afraid of what they'll say about me, if anything, you know. <laughs> right. To uh, to just sit it out. <laughs> yeah. You're right, man. We missed, we, we did miss that. But the thing is, is like, you can talk about that stuff. Those guys love the classics, though. I mean, love the classics. Love it. Love it. Yeah. There's this guy that I used to read all the time. Just not even really like seriously, but just because I used to listen to like Tim Ferriss and shit like that a lot. Yeah. His name was Ryan Holiday. And like, I still see that guy. This man's like probably 40 years old now or something. And he's still out here beating uh, the uh, meditations of Marcus Aurelius. I did. Like, I was, you know, you like you thumb through your like your uh, Instagram, like yeah. clips and stuff like that. I said, that guy's still out here talking about Marcus Aurelius in 2023. Dude, you can, you can, honestly, you can live off that to your very last days. Like, it there's is- other books, though, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I've written by other people. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, I, I was thinking about that. It was like with Oppenheimer. I'm surprised he didn't go for a classical Greek quote. Honestly, it's kind of a curveball. He went with the Bhagavad Gita. Isn't that how you say it? Uh, I am become death destroyer of worlds. Like, who showed him that quote? Does the movie get into that? That would be a great movie. Like, I need to know how he found that quote. Surely he uh, was not reading. In the same movie, he serves some, he goes to a communist party function at this house. Yeah. And somebody's taking him to task. I think Florence Pugh, who plays his, you know, his girlfriend in it. And Wait, he wasn't he, married. He didn't have kids. He, no, he did, but he had, he they maintained a liaison. He's a mistress. Um, wow. And he said he flexes by saying he's read all three volumes of Capital in the original German. Oh. So why didn't he use a quote from that when he dropped the atom bomb? He's like thirty <laughs> yards of linen equals. <laughs> how bad would that set back the movement <laughs> if we were forever tied communism with the atomic bomb with the exchange value of the of the atom bomb today oh. we bring hell upon our enemies but tomorrow the working class like that was his vision he wanted to bring a nuclear weapon to the working class was he really a diehard CPUSA guy or was it like cynical was he just trying to get some tail or was he like it seems like he was a guy that was too smart for it. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I'm here and I'm sympathetic, but I'm not going to call myself a communist. Because... Dude, th- doesn't he realize that, like, you can be, you know how many, like, pe- pedants, pedants get attracted to the left just because you could be too smart in it? Like, that's the whole thing. He could have done it. He would have flourished. Oppenheimer would have flourished in the modern left. Yeah. It's like, there's so much stuff out there at this point, dude. It's like, I, I don't even know where to begin. It's like theories of inflation, modern monetary theory, uh, you know, uh, interest rates, uh, imp- theories of imperialism, 
What is the price? What What is pricing? What is value? All these things that like, I'll never be able to answer those things. But well, they all they all have their very sectarian adherence. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, there's, there's tons of lanes to run in. Is what you're saying. There's tons of lanes to run in. Is what I'm saying. I'm yeah. gonna have to carve out a niche, and I don't know what it would be. Probably like the Marxist theory of cockfighting or something. <laughs> You know, just be the cockfighting guy on the left. There. Dialectics of cockfighting? Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, that's something I really know about fairly intimately that I've never participated in. Dialectics of self-hatred. I'm trying. Right. Yeah, I could do that one. <laughs> I mean, because, like, think about it. Like, why do... Why do people hate themselves? Like... There, I feel like there's like an Evo Psych explanation, right? Yeah. Like, but like Evo Psych's kind of a discredited pseudoscience. So you don't want to go down that route. Where are you going with it as the self-loathing guy from on the left? I'm going to say it's like, okay, here's my materialist dialectical explanation of it. Uh, society going all the way back since the agricultural revolution has had in groups and out groups. Every group dynamic has an in group and an out group. Yeah. Like a core and a periphery. And I guess this kind of maps onto like what hierarchies are. But regardless, like you don't ever want to be outside of the in group. But sometimes you'll never be in it and you can't accept that. And it causes a complex or it causes you to melt down like Taibi or. Glenwald or whatever you know what I mean like or you know causes those kind of like brain which causes them to then go try to be in with the out crowd exactly and so then people develop like an identity around the out crowd um but like some people don't find themselves in either uh but they have a lot of like self I mean I think that they like okay I think that it then activates some sort of like neural mechanism in your brain that uh, because you can't fit into either, you then look for, because I've been thinking about this because I've been being, I'm trying to be more intentional about this, like not trying to reroute or redirect every single thing I see and encounter in the real world to a thought that encourages me to hate myself. So it's yeah. like, it's like, but then in so doing, I've realized that like there is a reward system for that sort of like addiction. It's like you probably do get a dopamine rush when you like, yeah. when you're like, you're fucking stupid, <laughs> you piece of shit. That is true. Like there is like the whole self loathing thing. And even our friend Oppenheimer realized this when he was, you know, caught up in some scandals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that is true. Part of us like doing the whole like I'm so fucking stupid is like trying to shake that feeling of guilt or shame. Yeah. And get a little dopamine, like a little moral dopamine burst or something. Yeah. Well, we I mean it's it it uh I think you yeah, I think you do get like a dopamine rush from it, you know? Yeah. Anyways, that's how I went from dialectical materialism to neuroscience. That did you see the did you see Effort, effortless? I wouldn't I would say effortless, yes. 
I've I'm become life. I, I have become life giver of uh positive give giver of hope. <laughs> <laughs> what giver of did? hope to the world. That's the thing. Like Oppenheimer should have been like a toxic positivity guy. He's like, you guys are just looking at this the wrong way. I've given life. I am life. Giver of hope. <laughs> I have become <laughs> life. <laughs> You know, it's it's interesting because one of the ideas he floats in there is like giving like the irradiated lands back to the Native Americans there. Interesting. And it's like, I do do you think he knew the shit would cause cancer and all that stuff later? Or did they think that like that was just like nuclear energy was that and it, that was it? There was nothing else to be. Honestly, people talk about the first atom bomb detonated on land. Obviously, in New Mexico, White Sands. I guess that that would be Mescalero Apache, I'm pretty sure, if I remember from my New Mexico history growing up. But no one wants to talk about the first nuclear weapon detonated underground. That occurred about an hour, about 45 minutes outside of the town I grew up in. Wait a second. Yeah. Different project? Different project. This happened in like 1961. Oh, so later on. Yeah. It's called. Is this the one that gave everybody on the John Wayne Genghis Khan movie cancer? No. No, I think that one they like exploded. And I think they exploded that one in the atmosphere. Oh, okay. There's like three places you can explode an atom bomb, like in the atmosphere, on land, and underground. <laughs> that was insane. All, all but a handful of crew members like died miserable cancer deaths just years after making that movie the um what i'm talking about is called project plowshare um project plowshare was a project in the 60s to seek out quote-unquote peaceable uses of nuclear weapons and the first use of that the first uh site of experimentation occurred yes about 45 minutes outside of where i grew up pretty close to where the whip site is now the um mm. the waste industrial pilot plant or whatever where they store you know where they've been looking for cats, the glow in the dark cats yes yes uh but yeah, it's like it was called like project gnome and they exploded it in like a halite salt formation because they were trying to see if it would store energy there that they could extract for later use and use for peace process. Use for peace process. And then <laughs> by the late 60s, early early 70s, you know what this had evolved into? <laughs> What's that? They had, they had been using this basically as a pre I say modern, but like a a uh, precursor to fracking. So they were like exploding uh, atom bombs outside of they, they they tested one outside of Farmington, New Mexico, on the other side of the state, in a natural gas, uh, in in like a a bedrock formation that had natural gas in it to basically break it up and release the natural gas. So it's kind of like proto fracking. Okay, so my hunch is they could have did that with a lot more tame of a weapon, though. Am I <laughs> right in saying that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also seems like there could have been some the combustion from that might have like caused a bigger ripple with the natural gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing if you detonate an atomic weapon 
in a patch of natural gas, that's probably you're probably gonna get more bang for your buck that way. Yeah, probably. Maybe I don't know how things work. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You can watch video of in the Department of Defense archives. There's like a video of Project Gnome, where you see the the land just goes <laughs> where they like blew up this atomic bomb underneath it. Oh and uh, I mean, a lot of people where I live in and from have uh, cancer, and uh, I mean it's probably because of all the natural gas and oil drilling. Uh, but I don't know. They have dropped a lot of atomic bombs on New Mexico. So. <laughs> they really have. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. I don't know, man. Have they ever been able to conclusively tie any of that stuff to cancer clusters in New Mexico? I don't think so. But the thing is, you you know better than anyone. You can't ever really conclusively tie a cancer cluster to any one thing. That's true. They'll say, no, nah, it was smoking. Yeah. No, it was his uh, insistence off living off Vaini sausage. <laughs> now, what caused that cancer was his his reliance on potted meat for all his nutrition. <laughs> that little Debbie cakes. Uh-huh. So, um, anyways, I'm sorry to take us down the Oppenheimer tangent but um i think mcconnell had a stroke mid-sentence today who mitch mcconnell he had a really he might have had a stroke mid-sentence today interesting oh man i'm watching it right now oh no oh no <laughs> is it bad yeah dude god damn <laughs> Oh no, dude. Oh no. Oh shit, dog. He definitely stroked out. Have, have you seen the video? I'm watching that. Uh, we're on a path to finishing the NDA uh, this week. Been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of. Uh, well, that's not good. <laughs> that's not that good. Is, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man, that's not good. It looks really bad, man. It's like sad, honestly. It's like, I can't believe I'm actually kind of feeling sympathetic for the bastard. Yeah, I don't know. There's this man that's done all this harm to my actual his actual assault on my very being i actually feel a tinge of sympathy for well just yeah it's just like um maybe he had a panic attack sometimes that happens to me <laughs> you know if you ever see me at a live show pulling that number <laughs> i'm not having a stroke it's just <laughs> i'm just having a panic attack <laughs> i remember that show with chapo in nashville it's <laughs> just your face like where my yeah, he just fucking just goes silent and then he just look man, that's that's unsettling. I'd yeah. say. Well, on that note, it's uh it's this week, man. The one year anniversary of the flood. That is true, isn't it? Well, we got three days. Yeah. Uh 
in the newspaper this week, the Mountain Eagle, they were boasting about how they're receiving some big awards for their news coverage of the flood. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I try on this show to not get out there and be histrionic about how often we're passed over and no one ever, uh, you know, rewards us for our hard work and everything. Nobody's ever nominated us for a uh, Hugh Hefner Award for free speech. <laughs> uh, and that's got to change today. That is that has got to change because we also did some excellent reporting on the flood. And I think that it's pretty fucked up that we're not, we didn't get honored in that. That's you true. Know? So very true. Um, but, but in all seriousness, uh, floods. So I learned a lot about, I mean, the term disaster capitalism gets thrown around a lot, but like, I think that that's an insufficient term. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, I don't think it sufficiently describes what is happening after something like this happens to your community. Um, because yes, there are all kinds of changes in the political economy that like you see happen. Like, obviously it just seems like after this flood, like even more real estate and property and stuff is just getting funneled upwards, redistributed. Which is, it's, it's crazy to think about, but yeah, it's, yeah. uh, I've not seen any like great housing expansion. I've seen like a lot of people leave, with these FEMA buyouts and then what's remaining is bought up by the five wealthy people that remain yes. and turned into Airbnbs or like the like ugliest fucking uh, mom fashion stores. Yeah, dude, it has been fascinating to watch all of the changes in like property ownership in um, not just geography, but in like who owns what and like what businesses are where. Um, but honestly, one of the most fascinating things is like I, I was talking to this guy who works at the courthouse because like our office is right next to the courthouse. And he was telling me about this group called ER Assist. Uh, have you ever heard of ER Assist? Have I told you about this? <laughs> They're a consulting firm that gets brought into communities after they've experienced like a natural disaster, like a flood, a fire, a tornado. And they essentially get tasked with piecing it all back together in a way that like consolidates the business interests, consolidates the uh, sort of hegemony of the various power brokers. What are these outfits called? ER assist. ER assist. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, Honestly, the best because I was like looking into it. I was like, "Who are these fucking people?" Like, uh, okay, I'm I'm assuming that like maybe they voted on this at a city at a fiscal court hearing, right? Like they were like, yeah. um, we're, "Okay, does the court have permission to hire ER assists to um, fulfill these duties post flood?" And they probably all voted for it, but like it wasn't published in the newspapers, as far as I recall, like. This wasn't like a, a community-wide forum on hiring these people. They're basically people who just come in 
honestly what they are. My best analog to them is McKinsey. They're basically like they're basically like the sort of natural disaster equivalent to McKinsey. They kind of like go reinforce the soft power of like the regional uh, business interest, capital interest. First and, and foremost. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like I don't know. Also, I, I should say I don't really know the ins and outs of the term disaster capitalism. I've not read any of the various theories and books on it. In my mind, like I kind of have this image of like vultures coming through and like picking things apart. But like that's probably incorrect. Uh, I'm sure the theories are much more nuanced and fleshed out than that. But um, definitely what I've seen is not like necessarily vultures coming through and picking things apart. It's more along the lines of like the invasion of Iraq and the kind of imperial like soft power that got laundered through that when they like tried to have a provisional government where they like debathified everything and like tried to rebuild the country on these terms of like democracy and free trade and everything. And like, that seems very much like what ER assist does. It's like they come in and they have like all of their sort of like charts and graphs and numerical uh, statistics that show them like what a county has to do to basically implement austerity and not get pitchforked in the process. Yeah. And that's an insane, they do this everywhere. Apparently. They show you how to basically cut costs, immiserate people, but keep the, the hoary masses at bay. Dude, they're overseeing the entire process of property condemnation. They literally get to basically decide what property gets condemned and then auctioned off. It's uh, they, that is so fun. that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, like again, I don't know who these fucking people are. They're like based, they're headquartered out of like Arkansas or some shit. I want to say or like yeah, it's not like a theme of people. It's like some third party shit. Oh, that's the yeah, exactly. It's that has like, the veneer of like some sort of official thing, but really, yeah, they're like there to like basically get properties at pennies on the dollar and make sure that like the people with the money can buy them or whatever. They're a private consulting firm. It's like people think that like, oh, after a flood or something like that, it's FEMA comes in and helps out. Now they're here for like a month and a half. They're here for like, they're here for like 42 days or something. Yeah. And they're like, so yeah. And uh, then like ER assist comes in and they basically get this like piece everything back together. Uh, I hate them with their own values and principles that I'm saying that like are driven by these capitalist demands. Right. Um, I don't know, man, it is. And again, I had never even heard of these people until I was talking to this guy who works at the courthouse. And he, he was like, Have you ever heard of this group called ER? He was skeptical. He was like, what, who the fuck are these people? And what's their authority? You know? Yeah, exactly. But who like, I wonder who floats this to the fiscal court and then like gets them to like, yeah. Oh, they do. They, they, they probably, I guarantee you, they probably look for disasters that happen and then they approach the fiscal court and say, we can help you with this. Right. Like you're going to be getting some FEMA money. You're going to have to figure out what to do with all this condemned property. You're going to have a lot of people leave and changes in the tax base. We can help you with these things. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. I gotta read more about this outfit. Er assists. Yeah, I don't really know much about them beyond just what I've read online and heard from that dude. 
Disaster funding solutions. Disaster. <laughs> oh boy. Bentonville, Arkansas, home of Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Financial consultant in Bentonville, Arkansas. Visitors from all over come to our little town. Our little town that has like uh Van Gogh's and the Crystal Bridges Museum. God yeah, the and there's fuck. really nothing about them. Like I don't see any real like you plug something like this in and you expect to see like an intercept article, like an article from the intercept or something about how, who these people are and like what they fucking do. And I've not really seen anything about them. Oh my God. Uh, but anyways, one year on from the flood. I mean, it's like on the front page of the newspapers this week and it's like, okay, yeah, let's talk about the flood a year later. It's like, there's these personal stories of like recovery and stuff. And those are good. You know, like you need to hear about those, but uh, what is going on at the level of political economy? Well, it's that it's that shit. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Amazing. Yeah. Are anybody in Whitesburg talking about things a year on? Then you're in the speak your pieces. If there's anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pertinent. Weird that the FBI has come in twice recently to clean up Letcher County. Is our sheriff's office incompetent? <laughs> Editor's note. <laughs> Both of the FBI investigations you speak of are the result of larger conspiracy investigations that began outside of Letcher County. In one of these cases, the sheriff's department did arrest one of the suspects previously. Um... Is the point there with the editor's note to say that, yes, while some of us here may indulge in chicken fighting, the call is coming from outside the house this time? <laughs> I guess. That was the other thing this week. Yeah, there's a big chicken fighting bust in Letcher County. Yeah. Wait, was it, that wasn't what it was talking about? FBI investigation? I bet it was. I bet it was. Uh, let's see here. Everyone is complaining, we need jobs. Well, nearly every business in Letcher County and the surrounding counties is hiring. We say, but they don't pay enough. Well, anything is better than nothing. We don't need jobs, we need people willing to work. I know companies paying from 11 to $50 an hour, no one will apply, or they can't pass a drug test. Teacher jobs are open, but no one will apply. School bus drivers are needed, but no one will apply. I talked to a very frustrated construction company owner who said he can't find people to help build homes, do paintwork, etc. If he hires, he must babysit them, but when the babysitting is over, they're out. So how are these people driving new vehicles, new side-by-sides with no job? How do they pay for them without working? Something's wrong with this. Yeah. What happened to self-respect? Get a job. There are many out there. Support your families through work and stop depending on handouts and selling drugs. What happened to self-respect? What happened? What ha- What happened to self-respect when everybody was selling their precious limited time on earth to somebody else for pennies on the dollar? <laughs> <clears throat> to the person who was complaining about District Four Constable Terry Perkins, he does get out and patrol weekly. Nobody is at fault for the crime wave going on except for the person doing the crime. Oh my god, things are so bad. It just, it's, you know, we have 
an epidemic up there. So I'm going to tell you, we have an epidemic. An epidemic. <laughs> We're like a bunch of parrots. Parrot? We just read about something that's supposedly going on somewhere else, and we assume that it's happening in our backyard too. <laughs> Terry Perkins not at fault for the current crime wave. There's a headline. <laughs> Nobody is at fault for the crime wave going up, except for the person doing the crime. What crime wave, bro? My brother in Christ. What crime wave? I'll see what we got here. People are inside more than ever. <laughs> the old cat killer needs to hang his stick up. He never has anything funny to say. <laughs> I know, dude. It's like, dude, you've been doing this for fucking like six years now. Like, give it a fucking rest. <clears throat> this is to the person who keeps putting down Mr. Donald Trump. He has been our best president since Reagan. We have had one good Democrat president, and that was Mr. Clinton. But please, people, if you can't keep your comments to yourself, chew on your tongue until it falls off. Then we won't have to read what you're putting down a, that you're putting down a good man in the paper. <laughs> I'd like to know what's going on with the roads around here. Where does the money go to? Not the roads. Is it true that some bodies aren't being buried deeply enough in Letcher County and that the vaults are not being used? <laughs> now, that's something that demands a little interrogation, in my opinion. Wait, wait, wait. You skipped over the best one. I got you right here. <clears throat> the state of Kentucky, this one? No, it's not this one, but it's... Keep going. Okay. State of Kentucky's Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources charges so much money it's unreal. You can't even go camping anymore without having a pocket full of money. <clears throat> then you must pay extra money for a fishing license. So what good does it do to go camping and enjoy being with your family? Thanks a lot, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, it's on the first page I sent you. So see that ad for Southeast Community and Technical Oh, okay, I got you. <clears throat> People have trouble with the way Christians are being treated in China. <laughs> but if they look at their modern Bibles, they will find they are printed in China. <laughs> the American Bible publishers are having their products printed in China. <laughs> Think about it, folks. Think about it. I'm... I did think about it. I thought about it quite a bit. And I'm still not seeing quite the, uh... connection, but... If you say so. I'd just like to say, this is just a guess, that if Trump is re-elected president, I will give the credit to the mainstream media and Joe Biden and his administration. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, here we go. I've been watching the controversy unfold over a new country music song. Hmm. I don't know what it's all about, but I hope the media never finds out about the song Charlie Daniels put out several years ago called Simple Man. And there's another one Merle Haggard put out years ago called The Fighting Side of Me. The liberals would come out of their graves if they heard the lyrics to those two songs. <laughs> Editor's note. <clears throat> As we understand it from reading music industry news accounts, the lyrics aren't the issue some people are having with Jason Aldean's chart-topping song, Try That in a Small Town. Instead, the controversy surrounds country music television's cancellation of the video that accompanies the song, which was written by the songwriting team of... 
which was written by the songwriting team of Ice Continued on page 16. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I Neil Thrasher, a... Kurt Allison, Tully Kennedy, and Kelly Lovelace. So what's he saying that the that does he do they does the editor mention that the video takes place at the side of a lynching? The the editor goes no farther than that. But the thing is, is like Jason Aldean this week was like my song didn't say a single thing about race. And it's like, dude, literally the first line is about the knockout game. It's a racist <laughs> it's like it's like, dude. I don't know. It's like, I hate that fucking Billy Mouth cowardly bullshit. It's like, if you're going to fucking go out there and say that shit, like, you better fucking stand by it. Like, don't, don't, just don't, do it. yeah, don't just like perform it and sing it. Be like, oh, why are the libs so pissed off? It's just like, well, fucking say what you mean, dude. Stop. Being yeah, a- especially if you're going to be the, you know, we don't, we're, we don't back down from a fight. We're the tough guys bullshit they do. Dude, that Charlie Daniels song. <laughs> God. Damn, dude! Give me the lyrics to "Simple Man," dude. Um, if I had my way with people selling dope, take a big tall tree and a short piece of rope, I'd hang them high and let them swing till the sun goes down. That's a uh, uh, that's 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 straight up just racism. (laughs) That's just straight. That's not subtle at all. That's uh straight up. God damn. Was it you that was in the car with me when I was making you listen to uh, if all of Hank Jr.'s most racist hits? <laughs> you remember that? Yes, That's very echoes of if the South would have won, we'd have had it made. Yeah. Yeah. The fighting side of me, I don't get, though. Yeah, that one's... Uh... I mean, like, listen, here, everybody's got their... Like, if you're... A mainstream country music artist. Uh, even Willie Nelson has some fucking cop songs. Beer for my horses. Yeah. Rare Willie Nelson L, but still. Yeah. Like you're gonna cover those kind of songs in that fucking shitty ass industry. Totally. There is a a speaker piece that references Benny Hinn's video, Raw Anointing of the Spirit. And I gotta say, that's an incredible name for a. What what is raw anointing? It's raw. It's an anointing that's raw. I gotta be honest with you, my friend. Uh, I'm out of the anointing business. <laughs> I've just that's just not my beat anymore. But yeah. I I I would I would definitely like to know what they're talking about there. Mm. Well, they also said that Franklin Graham was. Um, oh, I see his, it right here. Doing his best to ruin his late father's reputation. If you want video evidence of how Christianity and our churches are being ruined by grifters making millions of dollars, visit YouTube and search the name of Benny Hinn and his raw anointing of the spirit. Uh-huh. While you're at it, watch the videos of the wacky money grubber Paula White. She's certifiably insane. And don't overlook Franklin Graham, that hate-filled creep who is doing his best to ruin his late father's reputation. If you wonder why our churches are losing so many people, just look at, at the work of these three jerks. Go down one, two, three speaker pieces. Good morning, Mr. Brock. This is Brian Brock, and I've been trying to get in touch with you. 
I had it in the paper last week, but you still don't answer my call and you won't honor your contract. It's getting bad. <laughs> well, if you're if you're going to speak your piece to try to shame somebody, yeah, you are me. scraping the barrel there. Yeah. Something is wrong. You need to call me. You know where I live and you know what the problem is. You owe me about two hours work to clean up the mess that you made when I gave you my bridge, which was worth thousands of dollars. Damn. If you're not a man of your honor, I hope you the next person you deal with gets your promises put in writing. <sighs> man. I hate that for them. I hope they can reach an amicable solution there. <laughs> I do too, personally. Hal Rogers and the Planning Commission says Letcher County is getting a prison for jobs, but we won't have anyone to fill the jobs <laughs> that open now in our county. During the 20 years it has taken to get a prison, the Planning Commission should have had a backup plan to bring other jobs here. When asked, they said they didn't try anything else. <laughs> Sounds like we didn't need jobs as bad as they said. If the prison is approved, it will take six years to build. That's a long time to wait for a few jobs. So the um, update on that is that <clears throat> Hal Rogers is trying to basically force it through using a sort of like mechanism, the same thing that Mansion used on the Mountain Valley Pipeline. Uh, there are various petitions floating around for you to sign to get people to pressure him to not do that. Maybe I can find one and put a link to it. For yeah. you all to sign. Yeah. Nothing sign like, on, sweet angels. Yeah, nothing like signing on. Yeah. Yep. That is if you're ready for battle. If, yeah. If you're not, we don't if you're not ready to be one of the three hundred in the We don't need your signature, but if you are, <laughs> I will need you to sign on. They, that's so gross. They called that Thermopylae Pass like the hot gates or something, didn't they? Didn't they yeah, call the hot it the gates? Hot, Hot Gates? Gates. That's so gross, dude. Hot Gates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm so hot. I can't even think straight today. That's good. Let's call it there. Yeah, I apologize for the substandard episode. I just, it's, it's just a hot, it's sweltering. It's just hot. We're victims. The <laughs> show suffered because of climate change. Yeah, truly. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Please go check us out on Patreon, P-R-T-O-E-O-N.com. <laughs> Did I spell that wrong? I think you spelled platoon. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, I'm fucking sweating. <laughs> go. go check us out on P-L-A-T-O-O-N.com. <laughs> the Oliver Stone flick. <laughs> the website for that movie also is where we get paid. <laughs> Platoonmovie.com. <laughs> Nailed it. Dude, look, I've literally unbuttoned my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so that my stomach can hang out. I'm, I'm oh so my hot. god, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's fucking hot, dude. All right. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Trouble Workers Party. Go subscribe today and know that you'll be blessed from on high because of it. Uh huh. Yep. Don't get caught slipping like Mitch. Man. Don't, don't get caught lacking. Man, that did not look good. Yeah, it did not. All right. Well, thanks for listening to us, everybody. We'll see you next time. Peace out.